Let us pray. Beautiful God, you gather your people into your realm and you promise us food from your tree of life. Nourish us with your word that empowered by your spirit, we may love one another and the world you have made. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Once again, welcome to worship today. You may be seated for the reading of Holy Scripture. The first reading is from Acts, chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia, pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we, were suppo where we supposed there was a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Theatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The second reading is from Psalm. It's Psalm 67. We'll read responsibly. May God be merciful to us and bless us. May the light of God's face shine upon us. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. May God give us blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe. The second reading is from Revelation, chapter 21, verses 10 and 22, through, uh, in verse 22, chapter 5. And the spirit of the angels carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down from heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And the city had no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the king of the earth will bring their joy into it. The gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Either side of the river is the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing each fruit each month and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, 
and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And they will be no, there will be no more night. There will be no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Let's be seated. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We get to say that one more Sunday. And then we move on to the next season of the church's year. And as we get near the conclusion of these 50 great days of Easter... Um, the scripture readings turn our attention away from the Lord's resurrection appearances to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can imagine his disciples were anxious because they knew that their Lord would not be with them forever. He was such a presence, truly the Son of God. And what were they going to do when he was gone? And so Jesus begins to promise them the gift of the Holy Spirit in their life together. We Lutherans have not always been as attentive to the working of the Holy Spirit as other brands of Christians have been. For some Christians, the work of the Holy Spirit is front and center, always kind of on their minds. For some versions of the Friends, sometimes called Quakers, their worship is to gather in silence in an undecorated space and wait until somebody in their midst is moved by the Holy Spirit to speak. 
Worship might last two hours. Lutherans might be nervous about that. <laughs> for some versions of Amish, their pastors serve for their life. And when there's the need for a call, this would be good for the call committee to hear, they put the names of all of the people in the congregation who would be eligible to become the pastor in a Bible. And they pray over the Bible and ask the Spirit to bless that and call forward someone to open the Bible to a particular page and whose ever name is there is the pastor. That would have cut your work down. <laughs> <coughs> because they're attentive to the working of the Holy Spirit. Think about that for the second. For other Christians, there's a far more dramatic way in which they experience the gift of the Holy Spirit in their midst, sometimes speaking in tongues or looking for miracles and the presence of the Holy Spirit. These patterns of the work of the Holy Spirit might not be familiar to us, but the truth of the matter is that we, while we're less, far less dramatic, I've seen the Holy Spirit at work in your life over the past 10 months. The Holy Spirit is here. This is Jesus' promise to us. And to those disciples who must have been worried and wondering as they awaited the Lord's departure from them. My observation over the years of being a pastor is that after being with many Lutheran congregations, we just don't pay enough attention to where the Holy Spirit is at work, even though when you step back and take a look, in our midst, the Holy Spirit is very active here, and Jesus' promise to his disciples is true in our midst. It's important for us to notice this. Jesus' promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is not an individual gift. It's a gift to these disciples as a community. And it's when we gather together as a community of faith, the people of God in a congregation of people, that we can see the work of the Holy Spirit most vividly. The promise that Jesus made to these disciples is a promise that we need to continue to hear and to heed. In the Gospel for today, our Lord makes some pretty specific comments on how to identify where the Holy Spirit is at work. First, the Holy Spirit will be an advocate, Jesus promises. In other words, the Spirit's to speak on someone else's behalf. And that happens in two ways. First of all, the Holy Spirit speaks on behalf of God in our midst. When scriptures are read, when sermons are proclaimed, when we hear the message of God's grace and love for us in Christ through the words of a hymn, the Holy Spirit is at work. God the Father gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit to keep us connected to Christ. Every time you're comforted in your faith, Every time you experience, in a fresh way, the peace of Christ, in a time that are not very peaceful, 
Every time you're reminded of how God's grace overflows in your life, you're experiencing the gift of the Holy Spirit. My prayer when I wake up on Sunday mornings, whether I'm attending worship, leading worship, in the midst or near the end of an interim ministry, is that in the gathering together of God's holy people, people will be strengthened in their faith. See the Lord present for them in a new and fresh way. Be comforted through the singing of a familiar hymn. Hear the reading of the Holy Scripture as directed into their souls. Know God's forgiveness anew, no matter what the burden is that you bring to the space in the gift of bread and wine. Hear the voice of Christ when we share the peace with one another or receive a new perspective on the gospel in the words of a homily, because this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples that this Holy Spirit will teach you everything, teach you everything you need to know. You know, our faith grows up over the years. As we draw more closely to Christ, as the scriptures are open to us anew, day in and day out, I hope you can look back at your life of faith and see a maturing that takes place. I love to hang on to the stuff I learned in Sunday school. Some of those pictures that I saw in those Sunday school pamphlets that were passed out. Once in a while when I read a Bible story, I see that picture like I just saw it yesterday, even though it's been more than a couple years ago. I like the way the old prayers were written. Sometimes it's hard for me to write, to speak a prayer in the new translation. And it's good to have those memories. But I also hope that as the Spirit works in our hearts, our faith grows up and matures. And I hope that we can look back on our lives of faith and say, those were great gifts to me in Sunday school, confirmation class, when I was a young person. But my faith has also matured to a different place. I hear the scriptures differently and anew. You know, I think that's one of the gifts of the way in which our pastors move from place to place. You had the great privilege of hearing a voice from this pulpit for a lot of years. And as I've gotten to know you, there's no doubt that between you and Pastor Travis, the Holy Spirit was at work. But now you're going to get ready to receive new pastors into your midst. And they'll bring fresh perspectives on how the work of the gospel takes place in a particular spot. And you get a chance to grow in your faith because you have a different leader, a different pastor who walks with you, someone who speaks the word a little bit differently, perhaps, from the way you've heard it before. And that's the way in which our faith matures. Every time I open the scriptures that I've read many, many times, I ask myself, how did I see this anew? And what was fresh here for me? Even familiar scripture passages like the 23rd Psalm. Third, Jesus promises that the Spirit will bring peace into our lives. It seems that confrontation or conflict have won the day. It's nothing really new. 
It's what's experienced in every age. But when the Spirit comes into our lives, we receive the peace of Christ. Your mission as a congregation, a mission statement that was established a number of years ago, is really a way in which you say you're going to look for the work of the Holy Spirit. Up, in, and out. It's a great mission statement. Three prepositions, easy to remember. A lot of people know it by heart. Up, in, and out. It's the way the Holy Spirit is going to be at work in your midst and where you've got your eyes and ears open for where the Holy Spirit is. Whenever hearts and souls are comforted and strengthened, even in the midst of troubling circumstances, the Spirit is at work. Whenever the Spirit, whenever the awareness of God's presence in your life is clearer, the Spirit is at work. Whenever you're able to look beyond yourselves to the needs of others, the Spirit is at work. You know how that works. When you're comforted, when you're drawn closer to God, and for a few moments this morning, I'd like to talk about the out part of that. My observation is that the most vibrant congregations are the ones that have a healthy vision of where the Spirit is at work beyond themselves, where God's calling you to be in this community, in this synod, in this church body, in the world. It's easy to get connected to what's going on here at home. But vibrant congregations always have their eyes peeled for where the Holy Spirit is calling us to work in Jesus' name out there. In the first lesson for today, St. Paul was kind of stuck in a corner of Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. He couldn't go north, he couldn't go south. He wasn't going to go over to Europe. And then all of a sudden he had this vision. And there was this man in Greece and Macedonia saying to him, come over and help us. Come over and help us. And so he took the risk to go across a short piece of water into Europe to bring the gospel there. And the rest is history. There he founded a church. He met Lydia, who opened her heart to what Paul had to say. And she was baptized. And then she invited Paul and his entourage to stay at her house. It's an example of the Holy Spirit moving the church out. There's the individual form of that. Not too long ago, I heard a story from a person who recently moved to the area. Uh, this person goes to a different church from this congregation, so it's not about one of you. Although I suppose I could tell some stories about one of you, too. But this person was in the line at the Target down the street, getting some things for that person's new home, and got to talk to the person behind her in line as they were waiting to check out. And when the person found out that my friend was new to the area, this stranger said to her, you know, I go to Lake Norman Baptist Church. It's a great congregation. I'd, love to I'd like to invite you to come and worship with us some Sunday. Well, my friend didn't go. Baptist isn't her style. 
And I guess for some of us who are on the opposite corner, we might even see them as our competitor. <laughs> but I'll never drive by Lake Norman Baptist Church without regarding them. Because this person took time in line at Target to let the Holy Spirit speak and to invite someone else to come to worship. And I think it's an example to all of us of where the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives individually as the Holy Spirit pulls us out of ourselves and into the lives of others. Then together in this community, we continue to seek to support the work of Habitat. That's a call to move outside of ourselves. And through our church body, we send missionaries to begin new congregations. And as St. Paul did, to take the gospel to those in faraway places. For me, as a young boy growing up in a parsonage, we had a regular stream of foreign missionaries who came through our home. They were home on sabbatical leave every seven years. And I'll never forget welcoming a missionary that had been assigned to New Guinea who brought some people from that then new Lutheran church in New Guinea to our house. And the man who was from New Guinea was just my height. I was a young boy, and he changed his name when he was baptized to Nicodemus. And every time I think about the mission of the church to a different place, I think of Nicodemus. I wonder what happened to him. My guess is he became a leader in the Lutheran church in New Guinea, which is thriving today. Because people like you made it possible for us to send people like St. Paul to New Guinea and to different places on the face of the earth. And now, the fact of the matter is, is that Christians in the Southern Hemisphere, where the church is vibrant and growing, are thinking about sending missionaries to the Northern Hemisphere, <laughs> where we could need missionaries. You see, the Holy Spirit is at work in our midst in a whole host of ways. And the invitation of our Lord during these last days of Easter is to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see where the Holy Spirit is at work. As you get ready to welcome new pastors, the Holy Spirit is at work. As you invite your neighbors to come and worship here, the Holy Spirit is at work. As you support the mission of the church in a whole host of ways, the Holy Spirit is at work. Maybe not quite like the friends who gather in silence or the Amish who open the Bible to find their new pastor's name or people who look for more dramatic ways. But the Holy Spirit is here. And for that, we thank God. May it be that the Holy Spirit invites you to be thriving, excited, thrilled about the Spirit's presence so that in all you do, Christ is proclaimed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Oh, Lord.